The scripture reading for today is from Mark chapter 15. It's in your bulletin for your convenience. Very early in the morning, the chief priests with the elders, the teachers of the law, and the whole Sanhedrin made their plans. So they bound Jesus, led him away, and handed him over to Pilate. Are you the king of the Jews? asked Pilate. You have said so, Jesus replied. The chief priests accused him of many things. So again, Pilate asked him, aren't you going to answer? See how many things they are accusing you of. But Jesus still made no reply, and Pilate was amazed. Now it was the custom at the festival to release a prisoner whom the people requested. A man called Barabbas was in prison with the insurrectionists who had committed murder in the uprising. The crowd came up and asked Pilate to do for them what he usually did. Do you want me to release to you the king of the Jews? asked Pilate, knowing it was out of self-interest that the chief priests had handed Jesus over to him. But the chief priests stirred up the crowd to have Pilate release Barabbas instead. What shall I do then with the one you call the king of the Jews? Pilate asked them. Crucify him, they shouted. Why? What crime has he committed? asked Pilate. But they shouted all the louder, crucify him. Wanting to satisfy the crowd, Pilate released Barabbas to them. He had Jesus flogged and handed him over. Well, in 1965, uh, the networks had a half-hour time slot left, and they wanted to have a Christmas special. And uh, so they asked Charles Schultz, the creator of Peanuts, if he could put together a half-hour Christmas special. Uh, and uh, so he wrote that, and uh, they got a producer. Uh, the producer actually wrote the words for one of the songs, the, the way the, the uh, Charlie Brown Christmas special starts out. And, uh, but they looked at it, and they had problems with it. Um, it seemed to be slow, and it seemed to not be very good. And they said, you can't read scripture on national television. No one's going to watch that. This is 1965, and that's what they thought. You can't read the Bible on national television. Uh, no one will appreciate it. But uh, Charles Schultz insisted. I'm, he said, I'm not going to uh, do a special unless we can do it this way. Read the scriptures and sing a Christmas carol about Jesus. Well, I think you know it did very well and has become iconic and a classic And uh, by the way, you can still buy Charlie Brown's Christmas tree today. (laughs) And uh, Charlie Brown, of course, wanted to uh, celebrate Christmas and have a good Christmas. But as with everything Charlie Brown does, it doesn't seem to work. And he kept up, he kept running into problems with all the other kids. Uh, For instance, Lucy, when they asked Lucy what she wanted for Christmas, she said real estate. That's what I want. And uh, Sally, Charlie's sister, wrote a letter to Santa, and she asked for tens and twenties. And uh, and that's what that's what everyone in the in the little show was talking about. Uh, What am I going to get for Christmas? What's going to happen? And Charlie Brown wanted to put on a Christmas pageant, but it was a disaster. And his tree was a disaster. 
And finally he said, can anybody tell me what Christmas is all about? And Linus says, I can tell you. And he gets up and he simply recites the words from the scripture, Luke chapter 2, and then they sing, Hark the Herald Angels Sing. And uh, beautiful. And uh, by the way, half of the United States watched that first Charlie Brown Christmas. Turned out to be quite popular. Uh, You can read the Bible on television and people will watch it. This Christmas, uh, I, was, I, was, I was amazed, a little amazed. One of the things that uh, scholars have a problem with in the Christmas story is the killing of the infants in Bethlehem. And uh, when Herod finds out that the wise men don't return and tell him where Jesus is, he is enraged, even though he has a few months himself to live, he decides to make sure that the one who is born the king of the Jews is killed. And so he goes and kills all the infants in Bethlehem under the age of two. And scholars read that story and they go, we don't believe it. We don't believe it because this is the only place it's found in the Bible. And we can't find anyone else who makes reference to it in any secular writings. And they're, and they're surprised. They go, how can it be in the Bible and not found anywhere in secular writings? I thought about that, and then this week I came across this article. And this is about Christians being killed in Pakistan. And I didn't see it on CNN, and I didn't hear about it in the news. It's almost like it didn't happen. But in Pakistan, Christians were celebrating in a church. And uh, as they uh, celebrated... They, two men with uh, suicide vests came to the church and there was a security guard outside and he closed the door of the church and locked it so that they couldn't get in and kill those worshiping inside. And uh, the security guard tackled the one man and detained him outside and his vest went off and he killed himself and the guard And the other man rushed the church and he exploded his vest at the door of the church. And then the congregation came running outside and two other uh, terrorists shot them as they came outside to see what was going on. All in all, they killed 11 Christians and uh, wasn't even on the news. It's like it didn't even happen. Right? Amazing that, that things like this can happen and you don't even hear about it. And I think that's what happened in Jesus' day. Herod was such a bad person and he was so mean and so terrible that he can go and kill people and no one else even think anything of it. It's just Herod being Herod. He killed many of his own wives, killed many of his own children, Uh, So he kills a bunch of other children. Uh, Part of the story of Christmas. Uh, On a better note, I was surprised to see in the news this past week, on the front page of my sports news, ESPN, and Cole Hamill, a pitcher for the Texas Rangers, he and his wife gave gave a house to charity. And the house is worth $9 million dollars. 
and uh, they had a home near Branson, Missouri, and it was their dream home, and they were going to retire there, and uh, they thought, this, this, is, this is going to be perfect for us. But then he got transferred to the Texas Rangers. And so instead of selling their house, they gave it to charity, to Barnabas uh, Foundation. And Barnabas is a Christian organization that, to, that provides camping experiences for children who are disabled. And uh, I thought, wow, that's a huge gift. Right? They didn't have to give it all. They could have sold the house and given a million dollars. Right? About 10%. Right? Isn't that good to give 10%? Okay, two of you say yes. The rest of you aren't sure. <laughs> Usually we like to say that. Yeah, give 10% of your profits to the Lord. Uh, they give the whole thing. Right? All, all, all of it. Uh, I, and I was amazed to see that. That was quite wonderful. And I thought, well, good for them. They, that is the spirit of Christmas, to be generous. A couple of weeks ago, Bible study on Wednesday night, we were supposed to study Mark chapter 15. And Mark 15, the crucifixion of Jesus. And uh, it is the story of Christmas. And I just wanted to talk about that with you today and get you to think about that today, that Jesus Christ is the King of the Jews. He came as the King of the Jews, and He was killed as the King of the Jews. In uh, Matthew chapter 1, Jesus is presented in verse 1 of the Gospel as the Son of David. He's the Son of David. And it traces His genealogy from David and it goes down through the kings, Solomon, and all through the kings, and eventually you come to Joseph. Joseph, the dad of Jesus. And so Jesus is presented as having this legal heritage to the throne of David in Matthew chapter 1. Jesus has God's approval as the king. When the angel comes to Joseph, the angel says, Son of David, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife. In Matthew chapter 3, Jesus is received as a king. The Magi from the east, by the way, I'm going to talk about them a little bit tonight. The Magi from the east, probably from Iraq or Persia, close to G's hometown. Maybe they came from Babylon, or maybe they came from Persia. They came to Jerusalem to worship Jesus, and they asked the question, where is he who is... Born the King of the Jews. We've seen His star in the east, and we have come to worship Him. Where is this King of the Jews? Also in Matthew chapter 2, that same chapter, uh, Herod asks the, the chief priests and, and uh, the teachers of the law, what does the Scripture have to say? about where the King of the Jews is going to be born. Where is the Messiah going to be born? They said, well, we know. It tells us in Bethlehem because he's of the house and the lineage of David. And finally, we see the Magi bowing down and worshiping him and giving their presents of gold and incense and myrrh because they see Jesus as the king of the Jews. And then you come to Mark chapter 15, the crucifixion. 
as Jesus goes on trial before the chief priests, they accuse him of blasphemy. That's why they want to kill him. The chief priest says, are you the Messiah? And Jesus says, I am, and you will see me coming on the clouds of heaven and sitting on the right hand of the Almighty. And the chief priest tears his clothes and he says, what else do we have to hear? That's blasphemy. Claims to be the Messiah and the Son of God. We will kill him for blasphemy. But they take him to Pilate, and blasphemy is not a good enough charge to have him killed. And so the, the accusation to Pilate is he claims to be the king of the Jews. That was the text we read today. Pilate asked him, you are the king of the Jews? And Jesus responds, you are saying, you're saying it. And I thought, what in the world does that mean? What kind of an answer is that? And I think the answer means something like this. You're asking me a question that is not a yes and no question. It's not a yes and no answer type of question. Am I the king of the Jews? Well, if you think a king of the Jews like you think of a king, I'm not the king of the Jews. I'm the king of the Jews in a different way than what you're thinking. That's what I want you to think about today. What's the difference? How would Pilate view a king and how does Jesus view a king? And that's what I was thinking about this week. Number one, Jesus is not a king because Jesus doesn't want your money. Wait just a second, Pastor. We give it, we give it the church every week if Jesus doesn't want it. But you know something? Jesus doesn't want your money. What, what can he do with money? Does Jesus want your money? Does he need it? Doesn't need it. Does, when you come to church and you give money here, does anybody force you to give money? Nobody forces you to give money. The other, the other day I was, at, uh, I, was at a, uh, I was at Shopper's Drug Mart and I was buying a gift card with a gift card that someone had given me. And I knew that the person was going to use the gift card to pay a phone bill. And so when I bought the gift card, I was surprised that I had to pay HST on the gift card. Okay, so I paid the HST, and I thought, wait just a second. The person gave me a gift card, paid HST on it. I'm now buying a gift card with that gift card, and I'm paying HST on it. And the person is using this gift card to buy services from a phone company. They're paying HST on it. So the government gets three HSTs on, 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 on this $50 card. And I thought, wait just a second, I don't want to pay that. That didn't work. <laughs> you don't have a choice. You don't have a choice with a king whether you're going to pay. He makes you pay. You can't buy something without paying your tax. In fact, I would like to tell the church, you know something, the church pays me a salary. I don't want to pay the government. But I don't have a choice. Right? Come straight off my paycheck. I don't get to decide, you know something, I'm going to hold that for a couple months, then I'll send it to him later. I have a choice. It's the first thing that comes off of my check. I don't even get a dollar, and the government's already got their money. That's what a king does. And Pilate was thinking, if you're the king of the Jews, what you really want from people is money. But Jesus, as the king of the Jews, he doesn't care if you send all of your money to Rome. In fact, he even says you should do that. 
when he asks for a coin and, and, and says, whose image is on the coin? And they say, it's Caesar's image. And he says, well, give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar and give to God what belongs to God. Um, secondly, Jesus does not want to make laws and enforce them. He doesn't want to make laws and enforce them. He does not have officers to enforce his will through tax collection, police, or armies. The other day I was playing basketball and uh, one of the individuals uh, drove up into the parking lot and a police officer was right behind him and pulled him over right there playing basketball. So I went out to see what was the problem because I'm nosy. And uh, apparently his sticker was one month late on his license plate. And... um, um, he was lucky. The officer gave him a warning. I forget how much the fine is. It's like a $150 fine or something like that. And I was playing basketball with an OPP officer, and he said, I would never give somebody a break if they were month, one month late. <laughs> uh, not only does the government make laws, they enforce them, and they have the ability to enforce them. Jesus is a king, and he gives you laws... But notice, there's nobody to enforce them. Jesus says, love your neighbor as you love yourself. When was the last time somebody knocked on your door and said, listen, you're in trouble. (laughs) You're not loving your neighbor the way you should. Listen, you're in trouble. You're not loving your enemy. (laughs) You can't enforce those kind of laws. You see, the difference is, is that what Jesus is trying to do as the king and as your king is he's trying to change you from the inside out so that no one has to enforce you to do anything. You want to do it. You want to live for him. And you want to be generous with your money. And so you don't need police to come and say, here's what you're going to do. And you don't need armies to come and enforce it because you have been changed by Jesus Christ. You want to live for him. You want to love people. You want to do good. And you want to be generous. Five times in Mark 15, Jesus is called the king of the Jews. First time Pilate says, you are the king of the Jews. He says, you're saying. Then when he wants to release Jesus, shall I release Barabbas or shall I release Jesus, the king of the Jews? They said, no, give us Barabbas. Well, what will I do with Jesus? Crucify him. And so they take Jesus and then they beat him. And they beat him specifically as the king of the Jews. And they put a crown of thorns on his head. You're a king. Ha ha, it's funny. And they put a purple robe on him and they beat him and they hit him and they mock him as the king of the Jews. You're the king of the Jews. Tell us, what's the name of the person hitting you? Smack. And then they take him and they put him on a cross. And on the cross is his crime. And it says his crime, the king of the Jews. And people walk by and they make fun of him. Ha ha ha. The king of the Jews, he can't even save himself. You see, there are some great ways that Jesus Christ is the king of the Jews. Jesus Christ came to rescue his people and to deliver his people. And what an earthly king does is he lets you take it first. He's the last one to get hit. 
Oh, you've got protection and you've got soldiers and you use your people up, but the king, he's the most important person to save. But Jesus as the king, he's the first one to take the blow. And he saves his people by giving himself. He's the best kind of king. And then there are a few times in scriptures where a verse like this, this is from Colossians. Followers of Jesus are said to be part of the kingdom of Jesus Christ. Part of the kingdom of Jesus Christ. That's you and I today. We're part of the kingdom of Jesus Christ. We have a king. The verse says this, For he, God, has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves. We were in a kingdom of darkness but God has brought us from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of the sun. Wow. That's exciting. We've got a king. He loves us. He's brought us into the kingdom of the sun he loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Well, what should you and I do today? I'm taking my cue from the wise men. When they saw the star... They rejoiced with exceeding great joy. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary. And they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures, presented him with gifts of gold and of incense and of myrrh. What, what should you do with the king today? With King Jesus? Bow down. Worship him. Give him your heart. Give him your heart. 